building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Good morning and welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. Today's topic is all about how to find success by being yourself, which sounds really freaking simple, like the the easiest advice ever. Yes, just be yourself and you'll be successful. No, that's actually not what we're talking about today. We're talking about how hard it is to show up as your full self at work and how you can be more successful by doing that. And my guest today is Trisha Montalvo-Tim, who literally wrote the book on being successful at work by being yourself called Embrace the Power of You, Owning Your Identity at Work, where she inspires anyone who has felt like they are other in the workplace. Today, we are going to talk about why being someone else and trying to assimilate into different groups at work never leads to true success, even if you do see results on the outside. So I'm really excited to talk to Trisha today. Stay tuned. So I listened to the preview of your audiobook, and you told a story about being afraid to show who you really are, which is a Latina businesswoman who has earned incredible success in the business world. And you said something that struck me that you were part of the club and you didn't want to be kicked out. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people that try to assimilate into different groups, clubs, or even leadership ranks within a company, which is what we're talking about, by being who they think they should be versus being who they actually are. First, could you give me some background or your opinion on why we feel we have to change in order to be successful? That's a great question. And, um, you know, I think the main reason is the environment that we are in has historically looked a certain way looked, acted uh, a certain way. And so we, we are different from that majority in any way we feel othered. And so it, we, you know, there are fears from whether it's media colleagues, um, you know, all the different messages that we've received throughout our career um, tells us that mm, we may not be accepted because of this particular difference that we have. And so we then start changing it because we fear um, that it won't be accepted. Um, But, you know, my message in the book is in reality, changing who you are, one, emotionally and personally for your own well-being, um, it it can last for a while, but eventually it takes its toll. Um, You just cannot keep changing who you are for decades and um, feel good. (laughs) Uh, But secondly, um, I don't think that's where your magic is. You know, your magic, um, it comes from your authenticity Um, and those leaders that are the most successful are the ones that are showing up exactly as they are um, with those unique attributes and lived experiences that brings to a fuller conversation. So um, I think it's um, for those of us that are struggling to belong or changing who we are, um, it's overcoming some of those fears and, and sort of acknowledging why, you know, why you have them and and how you can overcome that. 
Yeah. As I was looking through all of the kind of prep materials for this chat, I was thinking about all of the times that this has happened to me, even early, like right away in my career through a number of different milestones, things like uh, I was part of a sales team that was mostly male leadership. And I mm -hmm. felt like I really had to fit in with them and I had to do certain things and act a certain way in order to fit in. Mm -hmm. um, then I was looking to fit in with a leadership team that was mostly women. And it was an interesting change from yeah. being around, you know, the, all of the, especially men in sales that were yes. kind of like, I had to go to, I didn't have to, but I <laughs> go to um, Vegas for yeah. a conference with like a, a full male sales team. And you yeah. can imagine coming back from something like that, then trying to fit in with a group of women, then you're trying to be someone else. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you can be successful in doing those things, but I yes. think that you eventually lose your sense of self. And one of the topics that, that I saw was Modifying who you are never leads to real success, even if you see results on the outside. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that and how how has that been reflected in, in your career? Yeah, you know, I think these are all strategies, right? We've put in strategies of figuring how um how to fit in. And, and you, you know, you just mentioned the ones that you used for both environments you were in. And uh, you know, I think that they um, they help for a while uh, and and not all environments will, frankly, accept your authentic self. So part of this exercise is sort of recognizing what what environments will or, or, or won't. Um, but the the essence of where you are able to really shine is when you feel comfortable bringing your opinions um, your background, your experience, and you're going to hold that back if you think the environment around you um, may not accept it. And what a disservice that is, right? That's a disservice to the organizations that you work for. Um, and that's a disservice to really those that are, you know, trying to, you know, come up the ranks. You know, one of the things that for me, um, you know, the things that I hit or down, downplayed in my career was being a Latina, um, as well as being a working mother, uh, you know, I, when I was, had my children, I was in an all male leadership team and didn't see any working mothers. I didn't know how to do this. There were no employee resource groups. There were no women's organizations. There was no nursing room. Um, you know, my husband was a stay-at-home dad. Uh, so, you know, and I was a sole breadwinner and I had to succeed. And so how do I how do I do that in that environment? Um, I ended up nursing my baby in the parking garage um, because I didn't have ability to be part-time or flexible. And, um, and what did that lead to? Well, it led to um, eventually isolation, frustration, um, you know, and lack of connection with my organization, which eventually led me to leave. Uh, so I think that, again, you know, there were strategies I probably needed to do um, because maybe if I showed up with my baby and nursed in the, you know, in the conference room, it wouldn't have worked out. Um, but you know, eventually that, you know, there wasn't a connection there for me. And so, um, I, I just feel, and what a disservice to all the other working moms in that, you know, huge public company, not seeing a mother working mother succeeding unabashedly, uh, visible in leadership. Yeah. You know, the nursing room comment, the company that I worked at when I had my son 12 years ago, they, they were 
working to be progressive, which is good. <laughs> I mean, the idea that having a nursing room is progressive is absurd, but, right. but they put it in the sales wing in between all those men's offices. <laughs> they'd, they'd all be standing in the hallway chatting. And I was like, I need to get in there, move aside. Yeah. Uh, I can still remember the look on their faces when I was like, you know, like, I know your wives are doing the same thing now. Right. Please move away. But right. what an interesting situation to have to navigate as, as a woman in any company. And mm -hmm. I think that most, maybe not most, but many businesses are still set up in a way that kind of force people to adapt versus mm -hmm. accepting employees for who they are, yes. for their own backgrounds and experiences and bringing your real voice to work. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the main things that companies need to change in order to be more inclusive? Because I think mm -hmm. a lot of companies want to be yes. more inclusive, but want to and actually doing it are two completely different things. Yeah. And, th and that's exactly right, Jackie, like the intent versus impact. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the things that my last company at Looker, the CEO realized as we developed his DEI program is he always believed in DEI and, and wanted to, um, but it wasn't until we became intentional, we had intentional metrics and we had intentional um, programs. Um, did he see the actual change happen? And so to be successful in creating an inclusive environment um, requires intentionality uh, for sure. Um, and so some of the tips that I give companies is, you know, usually in this work around diversity, equity, inclusion, um, we start with diversity and we say, okay, we're going to hire more women or people of color from underrepresented um, backgrounds. And we bring them in and then we expect them to go along with everything else. We don't expect different opinions. And um, and so that one person in a room who's bringing their different opinion every time, all of a sudden um, isn't welcomed. And so as a manager, what can you do? One is expect different opinions. Um, we, you know, we're, we're hiring a diverse workforce for a reason. Uh, and instead of requiring that person who over time being the only one speaking up um, is going to stop because that's going to be uncomfortable um, is when you see the group going down one, you know, group think happens very easily and you see the group going down one path, you challenge the entire group to say, okay, what is a different path? What is a different way we can look at this? I want everyone to give me a different opinion, which now that person is now one of, every, you know, one of the whole team um, giving a diverse opinion. So they're not singled out. Uh, and so, you know, and, and, and frankly, the other thing is just, be curious about differences. Um, you know, one couple of the programs that we found to be very successful is cultural awareness. I know a lot of companies now are doing more around cultural awareness um, within the organizations um, and storytelling. Uh, one of the really powerful programs we had is every month we had a storyteller program and somebody would come up and tell their story. And, you know, when you are working with somebody alongside you for years and they come and they tell you their raw story from, you know, where they came from, the challenges they overcame, uh, you realize, wow, you know, we're all human at the basic level. We all have had challenges. Um, and maybe we can put down some of this armor that we're showing up with at work and, and relate to each other um, in a more human way. 
Yeah, absolutely. How much of making change is the employee's job versus the employer's job? Because I think a lot of companies will hire, like you said, they'll work to hire a more diverse workforce, and then they will put the onus on them to make the change. Uh, I think it's both. Uh, You know, I think that um, getting comfortable with who you are and that road to the sense of belonging um, does require inner work. You know, as we mentioned earlier in in, in um, our conversation, uh, there's all these fears um, that we've created because of our own experiences and what we see. Uh, and so we have to sort of face those. What are those fears? Why do we um, hide these things about ourselves? Why don't we want to, you know, what is, is it? Racism, sexism, homophobia. What are the things that you're afraid of? And really unpack that um, so that you get comfortable with who you are. So that's your own inner work. Um, the other work is the employer. Um, and they it, and it ha- both have to happen. Um, and the employer needs to recognize that it's you know somebody who is going to have the courage and bravery to show up as our authentic selves requires an environment that's going to be accepting of that. Um, and that requires intentional work, not only at leadership level but at the manager level, because um, most of our experiences are with our direct manager. So we could say all the right things um, at the top. But if our direct managers aren't um, welcoming our opinions, aren't providing the accommodations we need, um, aren't celebrating um, life events um, um, or having empathy for life events like grief or, um, you know, loss, miscarriage, all the things that might happen to us, um, we're going to, you know, we're going to start putting that armor back up, um, even if we want to show up authentically. Yeah, I definitely, I found it interesting. You mentioned managers quite a bit in some of the materials that I was reading. And I remember the phrase that people don't leave companies, they leave managers. So right. and it's very interesting when companies have a policy that isn't being followed by managers. That's happened in my own company before. Mm-hmm. And it's not always as easy to see if people do not feel comfortable speaking up about it, right? Yeah. You don't know what's happening at the manager level. Um, you know, so culture, you know, cultural surveys are important, really getting a pulse of what's happening in the workforce, uh, because we, we might not see it and, and continuously providing, uh, education and training. You know, I think this is, this is work that must continue. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of, um, resources going into it back in 2020. We're now seeing retrenchment happen uh, and I think that's going to you know, take us back a bit. So I think it's continuing to be intentional is important. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So when I was reading your bio, one thing really stuck out to me that you're one of the few Latinas to have attained the triple achievement of reaching the C-suite, joining the boardroom and cracking the VC ceiling, which is incredible. Thank you. What is in closing here? your number one piece of advice for anyone looking to take a similar path or achieve really any of those things? Gosh, there's, I have a whole list, but I would say, you know, one of the things I didn't learn early on was the power of building authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, Many people call it networking, but I really call it building authentic relationships. Uh, And, you know, I coming from an immigrant family, uh, my, my parents had said, you know, head down, work hard, that'll be your path to success. People will notice. Um, yes, you have to work hard and and provide high quality work, um, but that is not enough. Uh, and I and it took me a decade probably to recognize that 
uh, the relationship building, uh, finding mentors, finding sponsors, more importantly, um, you know, the every opportunity that I received was because there was um, some person, and in my case, it was um, a white male sponsor who saw the value, saw my potential, um, and gave me an opportunity and gave me a chance. Um, and then once I got there, of course, I had to, you know, demonstrate that I could achieve it. Um, but I couldn't have gotten there without those doors being opened. Uh, so, you know, building those relationships with your colleagues up and down the chain um, are incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there are so many pieces of that that have a negative connotation in people's minds. Like the word networking, even, I think people yeah. are like, oh, networking. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. really do think that we have to be our own biggest advocates. And whether that is within a company, whether that is honestly just in general life, we have to advocate for ourselves, our families, mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. teams, so that they can they can achieve the things that they want as well. Because not everyone has that voice and the level, level of comfort to be able to speak up for themselves yet. So I love that you mentioned that. Thank you mm -hmm. so much. Um, I really appreciated your time today. For everyone that's listening, if you learned something new, I'm sure you did, or if you know someone that needs to hear this episode, please pass it along to just one new listener for the podcast and make sure that you check out the links in the show note. I will leave all the info that you need about Trisha and her book, Embrace the Power of You Owning Your Identity at Work. Thank you. Thank you.